week we we really have been diving into what it means to be formed by God. And I don't know if you guys really just uh, think about this, but every time I think about the fact that God said those words to me, he said, you're not being fixed, you're being formed. And suddenly I realized that his hands are always on me. Come on, somebody. (laughs) His hands are always on me, and I am the master's peace. I am the master's peace because his hands are on me. And it's through Jesus that we actually are transformed. Now, Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you would present your body, the master's peace, as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable because that's your reasonable service, because you're the master's peace. You're in his hands. So that's the least we could do. That's the least we could do to worship him. And then it goes on to say, and do not be conformed. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're going to park on that. We're going to park on that because the Lord says, I want you to be transformed. There's nothing wrong with what I formed, but I want to do something on the inside of you. Other translations say transfigured. So if you remember when Jesus was on the mountain and he had his disciples with him and he was transfigured, his very image change, but what's actually happening was from the inside out, it began to reveal who he really was from the inside out, and it was evident all over him, and that was the transfiguration. I think about when Moses spent the time with the Lord writing out the commandments on the mount, Mount Sinai, he was constantly facing face. The Bible says that God talked to Moses face to face as a friend. He was transfigured. He became, became, his whole face changed, right, to the point where he had to put a veil because people couldn't, like, look at him because he had the glory of the Lord all over him because he had allowed the Lord to transform. Romans says that the way that we're transformed is by the renewing of our mind, meaning that our minds need to change. How does transformation happen in the mind? (laughs) Well, this is where God wants us to go this morning. Do you realize that you can think yourself sick? You can think yourself broken. How about yourself is your reality? Just, just, just think about that. What you think about yourself is your reality. You know, for me, someone that had suffered with an eating disorder for years. One of the things, and if anyone's ever had this or or know this, 
part of an eating disorder is that when you look at yourself, you don't see what other people see. You don't see yourself in a good way. You think that you're fat. You think that you don't look good. So it's, it's literally your mind is telling you you need to do something about it. You need to get rid of this. You need to. So it's a constant state. And why people actually lose their lives, because they're literally, uh, their minds are telling them that they aren't, they need to, they're fat. So they continue through that process and people lose their lives. You know, for me, I was slowly damaging my body to the point where I was a 16-year-old on major medication for stomach ulcers because I was ripping the lining of my stomach because of what I was doing to my body. But I couldn't stop because my mind told me that you, you, there's still more. You you too bad. You, you got to fix this. You got to fix that. But let's go a little deeper. Who told me that? <laughs> Come on. What did, what did God ask Adam and Eve in the garden? Because, again, we got to go all the way back when we talk about this formation that God has done in our lives. What did he ask them? He said, who told you you were naked? So we got to go to the root. Who told you that? So as we read in Romans that we have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, that means we need to change the way we think about ourselves. And when we change our mind, when we make up in our mind, when we align our thoughts with the thoughts of our Savior Jesus, our lives change. We began to be formed. Think about this. In the case of the Humpty Dumpty syndrome. Humpty Dumpty constantly was broken. Because in his mind, he thought that the only place for him was to be in pieces. So he constantly stayed in a state of brokenness because that's what he thought about himself. He thought to himself, I'm just broken, so I'm going to stay broken. But the moment that we begin to change our mind, we get whole. Now, I'm a very practical person because when I was going through my eating disorder, my mind had to be renewed. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, thank you, Jesus, for the renewing of my mind. I just thank God. I just want to take, you know, like take a few moments right now and thank God for the, re- the renewing of my mind. Because recently a friend of mine had sent me some photos of myself in my high school days and my college days. And I'm looking at these photos going, and I thought I was fat. <laughs> I thought that I was fat. I thought that I was messed up. And I was literally believing a lie. 
You know, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So when those thoughts come, we need to stop ourselves and say, who told me that? Because according to my Bible, in Psalm 139, I believe it says that we are wonderfully and fearfully made. There's nowhere where it says that he made us depressed. He made us stressed. He made us broken. If, if you, you show me that in the Bible, and then I'll be like, okay. I've never seen it. Because why? It's not true. But if our minds are being renewed, we will believe the lie, and we become what we think. We become what we think. So, the master, the potter, his hands are on you, and he's forming you into the image of his son. Amen? I want to go to this scripture. I was thinking about this in John. Let me go there. John, I believe it's John. I want to go to John 15 because I want you to hear these words from Jesus about the process that we're going through. We're in a formation process. Listen what he says in John 15. And many of you know this, but I want you to hear this. Verse 1, I am the true vine. My father is the wine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, many of us hear that pruning, and we're like, you lost me. (laughs) I'm not trying to get pruned, Ramisa. But can I just tell you, pruning is a reward from the master. Listen, he looks at his masterpiece. That's you. And he says, this is who I created. And there are some places in my masterpiece that I just want to mold a little bit more and shape a little bit more. So what he does is as soon as you begin to bear fruit, he says, well, let me go ahead and prune that off of you because I want to make sure that you bear even greater fruit. So for some of us, we, we feel like Humpty Dumpty because we're like, why am I constantly having to walk through this or process this or deal with this. Well, it's because the master, the potter, he is working that out in you. He's not done forming you. He continues because here's the powerful thing. He says here, the more that you bear fruit, the more he prunes you. Now, for us, we're like, I, you know, look at me. You know, I worship, I pray, I give. I'm the bomb.com, honey. I'm ultimate spiritual warrior. 
Okay, I got my armor on. Look at me. I speak in tongues. So in our minds, we're like, I've, I've literally hit the pinnacle. And that's when God says, I'm going to prune that. Because <laughs> you, you're good, but I want you to bear even greater fruit. Even greater fruit. And so this is the process of formation. It's so that you can even be greater. As we've been talking about the greater works God wants to do through us, well, he has to take you through this process of pruning. It has to happen. I've shared this story before, but for those of you who haven't heard it, Growing up as a kid, I would spend summers with my grandmother, and my grandmother loved her garden. She had fruit. She had, I mean, just she loved her garden. And what she had a lot of was her roses. And I remember one day going outside and seeing my grandma cut down all the beautiful roses, and I'm like, Grandma, what you doing? Why are you cutting all these roses? They're beautiful. The smell, the scent, the aroma. Why are you cutting these roses, Grandma? She said, because I have to. I have to cut these away so that when they grow again, they're even more beautiful and have an even greater fragrance. You see, that's what the Lord is doing in you. We have not fully arrived to the very place God wants us to be until we are in the image of his son. And so because of that, he will continue to cut away, to strip away, to remove. Listen, Paul said these words. He said, it was good that I was afflicted. What? Good? How can it be good? Because he understood that through the pain, through the crushing, through the pruning, I'm now being molded and shaped to look more and more like Jesus. Because we're sons. That's just you become who you behold. So let's just go a little bit deeper. As I was sharing last night about a ring and a robe, in that culture, having a robe, having a ring, it identified you as royalty. And when you are royalty, you have to go through the process of being that royal. Remember Esther, what she had to go through to be able to get into the palace as queen? The Bible says that she had to soak in these oils and perfumes because something had to be changed in her so that she could truly step in to her identity as a queen. God wants you to know this morning 
that he is doing something in you so that you really know who you are in him. Not apart from him, because I don't want you to get it twisted. Because, you see, the world will tell you if you get all your degrees, if you work hard, if you do this and do that, then you truly reach the pinnacle. You've done all this, and that's how you get your title. No. No, no, no. How God forms us, shapes us, molds us, is he removes. <laughs> he cuts away. If there's any low-hanging fruit in your life, he will identify that, and he'll say, we need to cut that off. Because he's forming you. The things that need to be removed doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It just means that he wants you to get to the greater glory. So he takes you from glory to glory to glory, from victory to victory to victory, from triumph to triumph. He just keeps molding you, even when you feel like you've made it and you've arrived. He says, there's more pruning to do. So how do we start the process of that and allow him to? We've got to change our mind. We've got to change our mind and not think God's punishing me. Or God, you know, uh, forgot about me, or even this, even this, I'm being attacked. (laughs) Now, I'm being attacked. The devil's attacking me. Okay, I'm going to give you a newsflash. The devil (laughs) is just a dog on a leash, honey. (laughs) He can't touch you unless God gives him permission and also, God won't give him permission to kill you. He will give permission to test you because that's part of the process. You'll be tested. Because as he removes those things and as he molds you, he's going to test. He's going to see, okay, I removed that offense, but I'm a test. I'm going to send a test. <laughs> to see is she going to get offended? We give the devil way too much credit. Way too much credit. That's why he's able to just take over. Because <laughs> we just, we just giving him too much credit. Instead of saying, devil, you're a liar. Just like God said to Adam and Eve, who told you you were naked? You got to know who told you those lies, who told you those things. And once you recognize that that's not from God, you need to rebuke that thing, send it back to the pit of hell where it came from. You're a son. 
So I thank God for what he's doing in us, forming us, forming, changing us. Not because there's something wrong with you. You're not hunky-dunky. You're not in a constant state of brokenness. It's because he loves you. And he has his desire is to have you be the image of his son. Holy, as Romans 12, 1 says, holy and acceptable. Come on. So he's getting us, molding us and shaping us into this place of holiness. Because he's a holy God. He's a holy God. Father, I thank you so much. Listen, I want you to really hear this. God, I thank you for the process of pruning. I thank you for the cutting away. I, too, say I count it all joy. It was good. It was good that I was afflicted, God. If it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for those moments where you had to let me know my pride was getting in the way or my, my offense was getting in the way or the anger or the disappointments or the depression or even, even for me as I was dealing with that eating disorder, it was becoming my identity. And, Lord, you stripped that off of me and you gave me a ring and a robe and you said you are my daughter. So I speak that over you right now. The very thing that you're wearing and you've made it your identity, God didn't put that on you. Who told you that? He didn't put that on you. So even right now, I see the Lord removing that garment off of you. When Jesus called Lazarus out of the grave, he told them, loose him. <laughs> Come on. Loose him. So I just speak that to you right now. Woman, thou art loose. Depression, that garment needs to fall. Infirmity, that garment needs to fall off of you right now. Take it off. Some of you need to just, you know, just start taking stuff off. Like, I take that off. I take that off. That's not who God made. That's not, that's not who he made me to be. Who told me that? And when you find out who told you that, you send that lie back to the pit of hell where it came from. And in fact, Lord, we denounce every lie. And, Lord, we repent of even believing that lie. Whether knowingly or unknowingly, for some of us, the lies that we believe started in the womb. It started as a child. And we unknowingly made that identity because we've said things like, well, that's just how my family is. The devil is a liar. You're in the family of God. You have a new bloodline. You have a new bloodline. So I break every generational 
cursed in your bloodline. Take that off. Take that off. Change your mind today and begin to declare, I know who I am. I'm a son. And now, by the Spirit of God, receive the robe. Receive the ring as the Lord begins to dress you in the redemptive power of God. He begins to dress you in glory. He begins to clothe you in righteousness. He begins to shape you and mold you and, 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 and just dress you as his beautiful, beautiful bride. And he splits that ring on your finger to let you know I am in covenant with you. I am in covenant with you. And there is nothing that you can do that can ever break that covenant I have with you. Because of my son, through the blood of Jesus, you know that robe that he put on you is dipped and dripping in the blood of Jesus. And that ring is a stamp. I've been sealed. You've been sealed. You've been sealed. It solidifies who you are so the enemy has to flee. He will flee at the name of Jesus. He will flee. I want you to just respond. Receive this and thank God because he's so, so faithful. Let me give you glory. Let me give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.